It is a mailbag episode on your Locked On Syracuse Wednesday, an episode completely driven by you, the viewers, and the listeners. I appreciate it, and we have so much to talk about. The big man conversation at Syracuse, the state that it currently is in, and the state that it could possibly be in. We take a look at the portal. We take a look at what's already home, and we break it all down, plus a ton more on your Wednesday episode of Locked On Syracuse. Let's get the ball rolling. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, happy Wednesday, and thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today. And every day, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Owen Valentine. On a Wednesday afternoon episode, I apologize for the delayed release, but had a few things pop up and was unable to get this out earlier today. Uh, Hopefully, we'll be back on track pretty soon. I know I said that yesterday, but we'll see what happens. Uh, We'll try and get back on track. I've got some bonus episodes to to repay the favor. Look for some weekend episodes coming on Saturday and Sunday as a little apology uh, for uh, a little delay in some of our recordings this week. But we are doing a mailbag episode, and it seems like the mailbag is being absolutely dominated by basketball questions. So that's what we'll do today. We'll get as far as we can in terms of the basketball questions, and then anything that we don't get to I think we'll probably carry over into the Thursday episode because there were some big time questions asked in this mailbag over on Twitter. So whenever we do this, you can join the conversation over on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. We appreciate the follow over there. Join in on the conversations, tweet at me, DM me. I try to get back to as many people as I can. Uh, If I missed it, fire off another one. I'm sorry. Uh, I do my best. Uh, But these are the ones that I saw so far. Uh, and the ones that I I think will drive a really fun episode today. And the first one came from uh, a friend of the podcast, MNL Tonight, over on Twitter. Uh, Runs a great channel and self, uh, great interviews, getting uh, recruits, players all around the country. Uh, Does an awesome job over there. You know, you might expect to see something else uh, with the two of us in the near future, uh, not to spoil all too much in terms of that possibility. MNL Tonight talking about the Mike Waters article, Uh, over on Syracuse.com, discussing Elijah Moore, Syracuse's lone commit at this point in time in the class of 2024, saying he is coming to Syracuse even without the Adam Weitzman money. Now, we talked about this on yesterday's episode. The 2024 class has a ton of potential, but the only solidified name right now is Elijah Moore. And to say solidified wasn't necessarily even all too accurate because There were some question marks, right? When Adam Weitzman and Syracuse parted ways, you went through the big divorce a week or so ago, uh, you weren't really sure what the situation was with Elijah Moore. You know, Weitzman said existing contracts would be honored, existing, uh, you know, payments would be honored. But then we started to get the info that, you know, there was nothing formal between Elijah Moore and Adam Weitzman. And it was more of a conversation on the possibilities of what could happen while at Syracuse in terms of NIL 
And so there was nothing, you know, verbally agreed upon in terms of specifics. There was nothing on paper in terms of specifics was sort of what we were told. And you, you weren't sure. And I think in, a, in an era of NIL, where there is so much money being tossed around to players uh, of Elijah Moore's caliber, a top 100 player, four-star player in the class of 2024, that I'm not sure how many people would actually fault him if he would have said, I'm going to go elsewhere. I'm going to reopen my recruiting. I'm going to reopen my, uh, you know, you can reach out once again and see what happens from there. In this era, I, I don't think that would have been all too rare of an occurrence, given the state of events that led up to this right here. And Elijah Moore, per this interview uh, with his dad from Mike Waters, is dead set on Syracuse. And you saw it about a month ago in another article where he said NIL wasn't the deciding factor at Syracuse. The coaching staff was, the, the situation was, the community, the program, things like that we're the deciding factor for Elijah Moore. And in terms of what we might get to on tomorrow's episode for our everydayers, Adrian Autry and his impact so far, when you look at this, this is tremendous in terms of you have to give all of the credit in the world to Adrian Autry and what he has done so far at Syracuse. Because Elijah Moore coming to Syracuse is not a nod to what they're doing in NIL. It is not a nod to facilities upgrades. It is not a nod to recent success. Elijah Moore is coming to Syracuse because of the relationship and the commitment from head coach Adrian Autry. And that is absolutely phenomenal in terms of potential for this team as it moves forward, in terms of recruiting efforts as Syracuse continues on. This is unbelievably important for Syracuse. The article talked about how Autry has been there for pretty much every game humanly possible in the early goings of the AAU circuit, uh, down the stretch in, in Elijah Moore's high school season. The number of recurring appearances from Adrian Autry paid the difference. They were the absolute end-all be-all difference in Elijah Moore's recruiting. And the reason that when things are falling apart for Syracuse in terms of the biggest name in NIL, Elijah Moore says, I don't care. I am 1000% dead set on Adrian Autry and the relationship that we have built the commitment he has shown to me and what we can do together a year down the line. That is the difference. And being there, as you talk about so many times, being present goes such a long way. In rooting in so many other instances, being present is so valuable. And it is the reason you are bringing in a four-star top 100 player in the class of 2024. It is not because of anything else outside of the fact that Adrian Autry said that I am going to show you how committed I am and we are to you as a player because we know what you can do for our program. And let's also throw it out there that Elijah Moore, I was watching some of his highlights from uh, uh, AAU circuit this past weekend. Oh my God, I'm excited. He's so 
smooth with the shot. He can create for himself, can pull up, step back, a lot of versatility in terms of his ability to shoot the ball. And that is one of the biggest factors that, you know, played into his rise in the rankings. And I still think there is a massive cohort of people that would consider him underrated, which I guess if you say a lot of people call him underrated, is he still underrated? I don't know. But I think a lot of people see the the upside potential still lingering right now for him. And that is what you are excited about and, and overjoyed to see because of what this means for Syracuse when he gets here. Immediate impact in terms of the timetable at the guard spot right now. When you look at, you know, Judah in theory could come back for a year, but he's not going to stay for two is what you can pretty much set in stone, barring something drastic happening, right? Judah's coming back for a year. JJ doesn't seem like a guy that's leaving for the NBA after this immediate year. Having Elijah Moore, Choppa, be as likely of an immediate impact player as he seems to be making himself is awesome in terms of what this means moving forward for Syracuse basketball. So to summarize, NIL, and you can come at me and say, you know, I'm an absolute idiot for my reactions to the Weitzman news and how I went about talking through that. You can call me whatever you want about this, but I will say right now that I am impressed with Adrian Autry's handling of the hand he's been dealt in terms of Syracuse's NIL situation and still being able to be involved with so many big time names and Syracuse with a lot of potential. You know, you talk about Donnie Freeman yesterday. We talk about uh, some more potential lingering on the horizon at this point in time. There is a lot of exciting things that are happening for Syracuse right now. And it is because of Adrian Autry and what he's done. I want to say one more quick thing about NIL, then we'll take a break. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, there was a, a graphic that came up about profits from collegiate basketball programs. And I believe Syracuse was number two on that list in collegiate basketball profits. There's a lot of money surrounding Syracuse and the university is getting a lot of money. So my theory is that maybe instead of asking our wealthy donors in central New York to donate towards facilities, we let the 35 million a year in profits pay for new facilities and those big time donors put their money towards the collectives. But that's just my take. That's my two cents in the bucket. I am notably not one of those big time donors. So take that for what it's worth. All right, let's take a quick break. Let's talk a little bit about Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, you need a best you need the best tasting protein bar ever built. You got to try this if you're like me, you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste. I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Puffs Built Bars, they're healthy, they taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so good you won't think that they're good for you. You got to try this. I'm personally, I'm trying to cut down a little bit, change a little bit about what I eat and what makes Built Bars so good is they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. I love chocolate, I love snacks, and they're unbelievable flavors. Churro, peanut butter, brownie, cookies and cream, and I don't know how they do it, but they're like a candy, but they have amazing macros, 130 calories. 
four grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com. That's right, head to your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club today. And then I'll tell you, you can thank me later because they are delicious. All right, some more. On our Mailbag Wednesday afternoon episode, we started off today talking about Elijah Moore and his continued commitment to Syracuse and what that means in terms of Autry's success so far and in terms of some other things as well surrounding the program and just Elijah Moore as a player at this point in time as well. The other big conversation had to do with the current situation for Syracuse at the five spot. And it was one question about the current state of the five and another question about the big man hunt in the portal surrounding the five. So I'm going to start by looking at the current situation in terms of Syracuse centers heading into the 2023-2024 season. You have two guys returning next season at the five, Monir Hima and Peter Carey. Monir Hima played about seven to eight minutes a game. He scored four points on, I believe, three separate instances. He had eight rebounds against St. John's. He played extended minutes in that St. John's game and a bunch of blocks in that game as well. But outside of that, I'm not entirely sure about Monir Hima. Monir strikes me as a guy that can hold his own defensively, and I've reiterated this on the podcast in previous episodes, he's a guy that can hold his own defensively. But my big time worry about Monir Hema is that he is irrelevant on offense. And right now, Syracuse is needing, especially with the question mark surrounding Judah Mintz, they need scoring from all five positions at this point in time. And Monir Hima does not present a scoring option, barring a tremendously unforeseen jump in the offseason. He just doesn't. And I, I, I haven't seen him go nuts. I haven't seen him have that, you know, truly dominant, gutsy, back me off and finish at the rim. And if there were those sporadic instances, maybe my mentality would be different. But I didn't see it, and I haven't seen it. And I don't know how angry you can get him in an offseason or fired up or motivated or improved in a single offseason. I think Monir Hima works wonderfully as a backup center. And that has been my take the entire offseason is Monir Hima is the perfect backup center. In a backup center, I'm not necessarily looking for scoring. I'm looking for a guy that can come in while your starter's in foul trouble or or struggling in some capacity and being able to present a defensive presence. And I think that's what Monir Hima can do. The size down there is is formidable um, and very solid. And he has shown that he can shot block and be a presence in the paint and, and make shots difficult for other teams. What he has not shown is that he is going to be able to score offensively or be that aggressive rebounder. And uh, apparently, I don't know if you can hear, the dogs are back in the background. 
uh, joining in on the conversation today. So uh, our new friend Skyler is uh, is joining in on our conversation on your Wednesday episode of Lockdown Syracuse. So much to the point where I might even have to pause to bring her in here because that is how fired up she is about the current center situation. Your next center that we'll talk about is a guy in Peter Kerr, a guy who is coming off of a redshirt year, and you are looking to see what kind of jump he made in a season. When we saw him in preseason and exhibition games, he was a little bit raw, uh, definitely needed some refining, needed to bulk up a little bit. Uh, but he is a guy that is going to present you a situation that could potentially uh, maybe give Monier a run for that number two spot in certain situations, depending on the jump. But I have not quite seen enough out of him to truly warrant anything tremendous. And I apologize. I'm going to take you on a walk with me. Uh, and we are going to let the dog out. I had her in the crate for a little bit for the episode, but we're going to let her out. Uh, so I'm going to talk filibuster a little bit. We'll talk about it because you've got a third center that is not currently a part of the team, but is the lone recruit in the class of 2023. Hello, everybody. This is Skylar. Skylar's a little energetic at the moment. The lone recruit in the class of 2023 in William Patterson. And William Patterson, we had on the podcast last week. And William Patterson is a guy that I wasn't entirely sold on in terms of he can be an immediate impact guy. I love his mentality. And I think a lot of people echo that in loving his mentality because he has been a ton of fun. He's got this, I will outwork you mindset that you will not touch me. You will not come near me because if you do, I will get back in the gym. I'll get back firing off reps and I will overcome you and I will do everything in my power. People gave Coleman references uh, in terms of comparisons. He's got sort of that Mamba mentality a little bit that I will do everything so much better than you and work so much harder than you to be successful and be able to, to find that. And if you missed that interview, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not BSing you here. Go watch that interview because his approach to things, he seems like he's got a really mature mindset for, for what he can do. Um, and, and it honestly, it, it changed my perspective about him a ton in terms of the likelihood of him being, you know, a, a big time impact guy. Uh, because he is, and you know, you see it all the time. You see it, especially in football. Rankings are not always 1,000% accurate. He's not rated incredibly high. He's not an around or an across the board three-star guy. He's got stars in some locations, missing stars in other locations. And so he's got right now uh, a, a spot where you, you're looking at him and he's sort of a question mark with a ton of potential. And I think that is a really fun spot for Syracuse. And I, I feel like I, I default to the word fun, but I, I do think that it is fun to have someone with that mindset. And the you really don't know how far he can come because with a mindset like that, it's, it's hard to fully put an accurate ceiling together as to where you go from there. All right, 
that was uh, in terms of the center position. I forgot to give you the shout out. That was from at Mackie1181 over on Twitter. I appreciate you uh, sending that one out. Uh, we'll continue talking the bigs uh, over on Twitter as well. If you missed this, you can always tweet conversation starters, topics that you think I missed. Uh, send me links if I, if I missed an offer or missed something big. Uh, it goes a long way, helps me out a ton, right? I'm teaching during the day. Sometimes I'm not able to get onto Twitter uh, and get onto the different sites to figure things out inside the Loud House, uh, SI, whoever it might be, Syracuse.com. Uh, they do tremendous jobs. They help me uh, as much as they can, but I, I sometimes miss some things. So send me a tweet at LO underscore Syracuse. The next one at Jacob Larray or Larea. I apologize if I said that wrong. Uh, talking about the big man hunt and the latest on the big man hunt. Um, and I found a little graphic on Twitter. I probably should have brought it in. I could have put it up on the board here, but that's okay. Uh, EvanMaya.com has ooh, uh, a really good ranking in terms of your top transfers available right now. And one of your top transfers is Musa Sise, who is number 11 in terms of the overall transfers this offseason. Uh, and Syracuse has reportedly reached out to Cisse, but I haven't heard anything really since then in terms of follow-up, in terms of anything. I did make the criminal mistake of not double-checking uh, on Abu Uzman the other day, who apparently has committed to Xavier. So I apologize that I, I missed that. Uh, so I, a little misinformation there. I crossed him off my list. Uh, but things happen quickly in the transfer portal, and that one just slipped me. Uh, so. Another one that you've seen in terms of talks from Syracuse, we talked about on our Monday episode, is Naheem McLeod over at Florida State. And, and a guy that played his best game of the year and probably the best game of his career uh, against Syracuse this season, where he put up 16 points uh, and eight rebounds, I believe it was, or something along those lines. A really, really dominant game where I don't know if it was – I forget if it was Jesse played poorly or – it was in that sort of stretch of Jesse wasn't doing the dominant performances that you got used to from him. Uh, and you saw him go absolutely nuts in the first half against Syracuse and have his way down low. Uh, and so I think there's potential there. I definitely am on team Musa Cisse in terms of who I'd want, uh, just because I feel like Cisse is going to be your best option. Uh, most consistently, he's done it for a few years and he does it. Uh, not one game against Syracuse, but game in and game out, he's putting up six or seven a game in terms of boards and uh, and points as well as he goes through this. Uh, a couple other names, Syracuse has reportedly been in touch with Javante Brown-Ferguson, who started his career at UConn and then transferred to Texas A&M. So this will be the second transfer and third landing spot wherever he ends up. I'm not huge on on the third spot in three-year guys. Uh, it leaves a lot of question marks for me, um, but it is what it is. Uh, you need another guy in that rotation, I think, uh, and he could be somewhat into the mix. And a, a guy that I haven't seen Syracuse reach out to, but I think would definitely be uh, an interesting conversation uh, is the number 25-ranked transfer in this year's class over from evanmaya.com. Uh, and that would be Javarion, or Jamarion Sharp from West Kentucky. Uh, he's a number 25 player. I think he's a bit of a step up 
from from guys like McLeod, from guys like uh, Brown Ferguson. And I haven't seen anything from Syracuse in terms of reaching out to him, but just another big in terms of a center who's got some size, who I'd be okay with uh, being a replacement for Jesse Edwards in some capacity. That'll wrap it up for today. I'm going to take the rest of these questions into tomorrow's episode. A few more things to hit on for our everydayers. We've got some more stuff in terms of year one expectations for Adrian Autry, uh, some woman's lax talk, uh, and a lot more. Uh, Because Syracuse is offering 2025 guys as well in terms of a guy in Sadiq White. So we'll take a look at him, and then we will roll from there. So that'll do it for our Wednesday episode of Locked on Syracuse. I'm Owen Valentine. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be kind. Make somebody smile today. And I will catch you tomorrow. Peace.